The Wings Over New Zealand show is brought to you in association with the Wings Over New Zealand Aviation Forum, New Zealand's number one aviation discussion forum online. There you'll find discussion on all aspects of New Zealand aviation, from history to current affairs and thousands of photos covering the Royal New Zealand Air Force, airlines, general aviation, warbird restorations, air show news, sport aviation, home building, gliding, aviation media and much, much more. You'll be in good company with other aviation enthusiasts, including pilots, engineers, warbird owners and restorers, historians and authors, modelers, aviation photographers and many others. Sign up to the Wings Over New Zealand community now. It's free and easy. Just Google Wings Over New Zealand and you'll find the forum. Extended. Hi, this is Peter Johnson from Aerospace Radio Station Extended. And we bring you some of Europe's best guests. He's, he's been something of, of an unsung hero of the American space program outside those who are, have made it their business to become aficionados of it. News. Some people will call you mad. Some people will call you heroes. Uh, uh, and everyone else is probably somewhere in that spectrum. It's uh, it's an amazing project to, to pull together from literally from scratch. And views. You've got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and learn from that experience. And that's not an easy thing to do, Peter, learning from your own failure. So why not give us a listen if you want to hear about warbirds, aviation, and the aerospace industry? Come over and give us a visit. Aviation-extended.co.uk And remember, there's no E at the beginning of Extended. Extended. Warbirds over Wanaka International Air Show this Easter celebrates 30 years since the very first event organised by the legendary Sir Tim Wallace. Sir Tim will be on hand once again to salute the amazing range of historic and modern warbirds lining up in Wanaka this Easter. The US Air Force is bringing the fast and noisy F-16 Fighting Falcon jets all the way from Japan, plus the C-17 Globemaster. The RNZAF is also planning a big lineup for Wanaka, including the Boeing 757, displaying for the first time in 12 years. There'll be a mass formation display of 13 Harvards, plus all your crowd favourites like the Spitfire, Mustang, P-40, Yak-3, the Catalina, Avro Anson, Grumman Avenger, and all the way from the UK, and fresh from starring in the recent movie Dunkirk, the Bouchon ME-109. This promises to be the one Warbirds over Wanaka airshow you will not want to miss. Tickets from Ticket Direct. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show. I'm your host, Dave Homewood. This episode is a recording of a conversation where I recently sat down with Harold Kelsey, who flew as a navigator aboard Grumman Avengers and Lockheed Venturas with the Royal New Zealand Air Force during World War II. Harold and I had been discussing our mutual friend, the late Wally Ingham, who had run the Number 30 Squadron Association and had kept all the Avenger guys together for many decades. Wally had been a mechanic on Number 30 servicing unit, which of course looked after the aircraft of 30 Squadron. I started off by asking Harold when he joined Number 30 Squadron. In uh, 
when they just before they started their tour of Bougainville. Oh right, so you went with them at, at Gisborne then? Yes, I was. Uh, no, I I initially wasn't with Wally. Okay. Um, uh, but we were the first replacement. Ah right. And uh, uh, we we did all of practically all of Wally's thirty squadron tour. And then we stayed on and we did uh, our 31 squadron, the 31 squadron. Oh, right, okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, so you did you know Leighton Stevenson then? Because he was one of the pilots. Well, I, I, was a, I wasn't a pilot, I was a navigator. Right, right. Uh, so uh, I didn't know many of them. I got to know them, of course, in, uh, when we flew with them at in, in thirty squadron. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, so were you an officer or an NCO? Officer. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Leighton was too, but he went on to Corsairs after that. He did. did he? He, he did the thirty-one squadron bomber tour, and then went on to the Corsairs. So did he? Did he do the thirty-one squadron? Yeah. Tour. Yes. Yeah. So he must have stayed on. Or thirty squadron. No, he didn't do thirty. He didn't do thirty. No, he just did thirty-one squadron, and then he went to sixteen squadron on the fighters. Oh. So. Um, uh, my pilot was uh, uh, Sir Frank Holmes. Oh yes. Yep. Uh, he became Sir Sir Frank. Yep. And uh, he was. Uh, we were the youngest. In the squadron, I think uh, we both uh, joined when we were eighteen. Okay. And uh, he got he went through uh, on his pilots, um, and I uh, I opted for an air no navigator's job, and uh, I got through on that. Um, and uh, I trained in Canada. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think uh, all the facts are. Uh, I did write my memoirs. Right, right. And uh, just as well I did because uh, places and things I, I can't remember now. Yeah, yeah. But most of my memories of uh, my war service uh, have remained with me. And. Uh, uh, I lose, uh, I forget places and things, but yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, Frank was a few months younger than I am, and uh, he died last year. Yeah. Um, he had a tumor on the brain. Oh, okay. It was unfortunate. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> he he went on to Corsairs too, didn't he? He went on to Corsairs, yeah. as most of them, uh, thirty and thirty-one squadron um, pilots w did. Okay. Most of them went on to Corsairs. Right, right. Um, that makes sense because they you you guys only did the one tour and then they phased out the Avengers, didn't they? Yes, they they, they phased us out. Made them all. Well, I think. 
a third of them became target tugs or something second line aircraft back in New Zealand. Well, they were target tugs, mm. yes. Um, and uh, so we spent most of our tour, well, we probably did more than half the tour with 30 Squadron. And then when they went home, they didn't send us home because we hadn't done a full tour. Right. Uh, they they kept us on and we uh, uh, went on and did most of 31 Squadron's tour. Yep. That's when we lost most of our aircraft, actually. Okay. Because uh, um, Wally Ingham said right up from the outset that uh, uh, we should have had the same tra uh, training as as they got in in Thirty Squadron. Yep. And we we didn't get it really. Okay. Uh, they, they they did the island exercises and things like that that we didn't do and and seeing they were into their tour when we joined them we, we missed that on that right and yeah. so we never did it on 30 well 31 and so we had to pick it all up from scratch yeah we, our, Frank and I were, uh, were very lucky we had good ear problems, yeah. no ear problems, yeah. and uh, so when a lot of people suffered with the ear problems due to dive bombing, etc., uh, and they had to go go home, yeah. um, and they brought in more replacements after that, but uh, uh, we didn't, never had trouble with the ear, ear ears, and we, I still don't, I still hear right and, okay. well, reasonably, and uh, uh, I'm 94 now. Wow. But, uh, that, that's actually pretty good considering you were sitting in front of that turret that must have been firing over your ears. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been loud, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was. It was a bit noisy there. And uh, So who was your gunner? Arch Alexander was our gunner and he was our crew member right from the start. Okay. In in uh, thirty one squadron. Yep. Um, and uh, he and I were both uh, when when thirty one when they changed over and, and tend all the uh, uh, pilots to uh, course course mainly. Yeah. And other other areas. Um, he was. Uh, the uh, wireless up air gun of, from the from our crew yep. and he was uh, when we went to Venturas which is what both of us went both, both of us went to Venturas yep. uh, he was uh, in a different crew to me okay and uh, I, I was uh, I think we flew in just ahead of him when we did it, doing an exercise there, and um, uh, his plane crashed. Oh right! And um, he was thrown out, and uh, a land girl, 
found him and uh, got him to the hospital, but uh, he died after a couple of days. Oh, right. So um, he didn't survive the air crew. Was that within New Zealand? Did it crash? At Fenopai. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. And we, we don't know till this day, but we, there was a sneaking suspicion that um, they had a complicated fuel system, and that was one of the causes, I think. Of yeah. When they're coming in, uh, and crucial coming into land and so on, and they were coming into land and uh, and they crashed, and um, the uh, the rest of the crew were killed, of course, but uh, he was thrown out, and. Um, I was at Pinopa when he when he died there. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. So, uh, which Ventura squadron did you go on to? Uh, well, I was on two, four, eight, and nine. I was a oh right a number of squadrons. I was moved from one to another. Yeah. And. Uh, I was never. I think I, I was never quite as happy on Venturas. They seemed to be. They were fast. Yeah. And, uh, they were supposed to be a good um, replacement for the Hudson, which uh, uh, maybe so. But uh, they they were ne never quite as reliable. It seemed. Right. They, they seemed to be. Whether it was the speed or whether it was what not, but uh, I think one of those, uh, a few, there were quite a bit of uh, accidents taking them off and things like that. And uh, uh, I don't know, I, we could be wrong, but we suspect the, that uh, the fuel system had something to do with some of yeah. Yeah. I, know, I know even there was suspicion at one stage of sabotage of the fuel system, wasn't there, in the factory? Well, it could have been, yeah. yeah. But apparently they had a, a complicated fuel system, mm. which uh, I think when when Archer's Ventura crashed at Fenopi, I think the can't blame the pilot, but uh, it, it, it was apparently one of the problems that they had. I think what it was, is because several aircraft did crash, and they were suspecting the fuel system, and I believe Wing Commander Ken King uh, did an inquiry into it, and what he found it was the procedure of the of the fuel system that, that was being done wrong, and... So he got he put in place something to retrain everybody or retrain the pilots. Yes, they they had retraining. Yeah. yeah, and and after that, it largely solved itself because it was really just the, the procedure of changing the tanks or something like that. Well, we, we never heard about those things, but mm. but uh, that's interesting. Yeah, mm. but uh, we suspected it ourselves. Yes, and, uh, and I think that would be the result of. Uh, Archer's crash. Yeah. And uh, 
Because I, I know they were bewildered that it didn't seem to be happening elsewhere. It was only in New Zealand that it was happening. Uh -huh. And, and I, I think it was the training. They, they were being trained wrong in, in yeah. how to select the tanks and change the tanks. And That's I, right. I think it ended up with a bubble or something and it was cutting the engine. And once you cut one engine, they would flip. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it was a, the cutting of the engines that was mm. was the start of the crash. Yes, yeah. And uh, it happened at, you know, at takeoffs and landings and so on. Yeah. And, uh, but they, they were using them overseas, the Ventura, mm. and they had a lot of losses. Of, losses. They practically lost a lot overseas. But that was uh, supposed to be able to cope, I imagine, on against some of the British and German machines. But uh, I don't know. They didn't get a good, a good name anyway. No. Uh, and, uh, so I perhaps uh, have been lucky that. Uh, I didn't have a problem. How many tours did you do on the Ventura? Uh, I did uh, one uh, 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 when we got out of, uh, out of the uh, Ground Avengers. I, of course, I did a full training mm -hmm. back in Gisborne again. It was Gisborne again we trained, mm. even with the Venturas. Okay. And um, uh, that shortened. Runway, of course, meant uh, the railway uh, taking taking some boats and so on, and we had, had all that problem with the at Gisborne. Yeah, and um, uh, that train track still goes across the runway there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh, you used to have to wait. Uh, you know, you, they had lights for the for the uh, uh, for the railway, but. Uh, the, it was a problem for uh, it shouldn't have been it shouldn't have had the, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they must have had plenty of other spare land they could have gone yeah. around the side or or, or just moved the airfield slightly or <laughs> you'd think so wouldn't you yeah. yes <laughs> yeah and uh, small town thinking yeah and uh But uh, Gisborne was a nice, nice uh, base. It was a lovely base for us for, as trainees, mm -hmm. both in the event uh, and of course that's when uh, Wally Ingham's uh, people they had that uh, they kept a reunion. Uh, for years, yeah, yep, and uh, uh, Wally was in, instrumental in, in doing most of that, and uh, uh, he knew all the pilots and everybody. But he he was instrumental in the on the uh, reunions and so on. Right, and uh, and of course a lot of them went back there after the war to live, didn't they? A lot of the yes, guys. Uh, they were, 
they uh, were very close to the uh, local people there and uh, when they when they were flying and um, actually Frank was the one who wrote about one of their reunions he had to read even though he'd flown with 30 squadron uh, he was not considered uh, whether one of uh, the one of them really right uh, that's uh, that's as strange as it might seem but uh, we were, uh, uh, even Frank was considered yeah yeah he, he wrote a very nice one about the reunion but he was always careful to say about 30 squadron relationship with with the public and so on yep. and and kept himself out as a, as an onlooker right yeah but when in actual fact he was one of them for for most of for practically all their tour yeah 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 and of course you both both your squadrons had been through the same training in the same place pretty much not not maybe not as much training but no just training on we got just training on the aircraft but uh, before 30 squadron went on to active service they did a period uh, with the ground staff and all that are very closely associated with ground staff yep. um, uh, they um, uh, went with ground staff and, and they did uh, local tro tropical training right. with some of the experts who'd, who'd been uh, familiar you know, on, in, with the Avengers before. Right, right. And uh, it was a close, very close reunion, a reunion with the local people and with the and with the uh, ones who'd been uh, flying Avengers before. Right. Uh, they had closer contract, and that's what Thirty One didn't get. There was no no. no uh, and uh, wasn't that rapport with? There wasn't the, yeah. that rapport. The the ground staff of Thirty One Squadron. A lot of them had been on Thirty Two, hadn't they? They they stayed there when yes. Thirty moved on, and so some of them must have had that same sort of spirit with the locals, but yeah, but not the air crew, obviously. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It, it's it is actually re it, it it's a unique case. Yes. Those two squadrons in that sort of isolated airfield and that's right. the only ones that flew that type of aircraft in our air force. the only ones that got, had that close report to the, with the ground staff and with the public people. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, they had it. Yeah. And, and uh, 30 Squadron didn't have it. And so when, when it came to reunions, no one organised any reunions for 31 yeah. yeah but 30 had a they went for years having reunions yeah meeting their, their people they knew and and, that, and they married into the public yeah and so on much more closely yeah and that's what Frank wrote about and I got his report there I think and uh, he wrote a very good report about that and 
and more or less put all that position in, in, down in writing. Right. So it's there and uh, Wally Young, uh, he was the one who was interested in getting the uh, the TBF to uh, uh, to Gisborne. Mm. Yep. And uh, he was right up until the end. And uh, well, do you know what's happened to it now? No. It, it went to Gisborne, and it was there for a few years. And that group weren't really able to do much with it because they were only a small group. And they did a deal with the museum at Tauranga. So it went up to Tauranga. They've restored it back to you know, mint condition. Yes. And it will stay in Tauranga for maybe five years on display. And then it's going back to Gisborne. The museum there now, as I say, they've done up the Gisborne one. But what they've also done is they've gone and got their own one, which was owned by a collector here in, on the North Shore somewhere. And it used to be sitting outside and it was rotting away. It, it, it was one of those ones that had been in a park, yes, uh, yeah. I think in Hawke's Bay. And yeah. then he'd had it sitting outside for 30 or 40 years. They've recently got it, and, and that's at Tauranga now too, at, um, at the Classic Flyers Museum at Mount Monganui. And, yes. and um, so they'd, they've now right now got two Avengers there. They've got the one oh, that they've got two now. Yeah, they've got the one they've done up, and then they're, they're doing up this one. So the one that they're doing up now will stay with them, and the other one will go back to Gisborne. Oh, is that yeah. going to happen? But eventually, um, probably within the next year, they'll finish the one that they're working on, and they'll have two complete aircraft, and they'll be able to roll them out and put them in the sun and take lots of photos. Yes. And um, actually, they've got an air show on there tomorrow. Uh, and, it and was an air show that I attended. Ah, with, right. Uh, which was would it be about a month or two back. Oh, yep. Okay. Fairly recently. Yep. And uh, I sat back in that more or less by position in the uh, in the bilges, as it was called. Yep. And uh, that's where. That's where all the action happened, as far as I was concerned, because uh, uh, we got hit with a full anti-aircraft shell in my compartment. Okay. And uh, um, we just made it back to base. Um, and. Uh, uh, it uh, ruined all my, all our, my gear and so on, and they, it took them a couple of weeks or more to replace all that back wow. in Bougainville. And uh, the radar set just disappeared completely. It blew blew that to bits. Wow! So it was right alongside me. And if I hadn't been down at the turret at the belly gunner, which was my job, yeah, uh, it would have got me too for sure. Right, right. But so uh, when when I crawled back out from the uh, from knowing prostrate at the belly gunner after after we did our dive and I, I'd fired my machine gun at 
at the t whatever I could find. Yep. Um, uh, I I crept crept back into the uh, back into my compartment and found everything ruined. Right. But the parachutes were on fire, and uh, there there was a it was a minor fire. Yeah. But uh, I put that out with my um, uh, uh, water bottle that I we used to carry, and uh, uh, I uh, I wanted to go at that time because it it had affected me the waterworks. Yeah. So I used that too, and. And put the fires out and the and the various things that were still not smouldering, and the uh, parachute parachutes were added. Yeah. And because uh, we couldn't wear them, we uh, uh, we just had to store them. Yep. And um, did you have the chest type parachutes? That's right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so. Uh, they they were still smouldering and uh, I, I got the I've got the remains of them downstairs now. Oh wow! Uh, the uh, bent case of the uh, the parachute and and uh, the what's uh, a few little bits of. Uh, Parachute material, yeah, and uh, uh, holes from from the pa uh, from the shrapnel. Yep, the shrapnel actually f filled it, filled it, filled it with the holes, and uh, uh, the uh, when I had to hand it back to the stores officer, that they took it away and they. They, they removed all the silk from it. That was good. Yeah. With a few bits of good, and gave me back what was less. Right. I said I would like to. I shared the, shared the silk with the, uh, with Arch, who was alongside me. Of course. Yep. But uh, I didn't get anywhere. Right. But uh, Betty, who, who you've met now. Uh, uh, she made a, a undergarment of, of uh, a silk one with, it, with that. Okay. The, the, the ones with the holes in it and so on. Yep. Uh, and uh, she wore that at our, at our wedding. Brilliant. <laughs> so, uh, so, so um, that was the compartment you're talking about that was hit. That was between the pilot and the turret, up the top, or was that down the back behind the turret? That was behind the... Okay. Yeah. But did, did you also, as navigator, did you also use that middle compartment? Very, very seldom. Okay. Uh, just as a... I used it when, when I um, had to crawl up through there after after we'd been hit. Uh, the intercoven gone. We, I had no intercom, so I had to crawl up there and uh, pass Frank a note alongside the bulletproof uh, rear um, 
behind his seat. Yes, yep, the headrest and, thing. Yep. And that's the only communication we had. Right. So I had to, uh, I wrote a note for him and told him that we were all right, but he was, he was worrying because he lost, he more or less lost control almost of the aircraft at that stage. Okay. It had affected the elevators and so on. Right. The elevators and the rudder and so on, and he had a bit of a, um, a job getting the aircraft home again, but right. uh, apparently, but we wanted to know that, but he just kept on flying, <laughs> and uh, we, we were in the quiet, uh, except with no windows or no uh, big holes in the aircraft, and uh, when I say a big hole, a big hole where, it, where the shell came in, and uh, thousands of holes where it went out, right, and. Uh, and any of those bits of uh, shrapnel could have had my name on it, but it didn't. Yeah. And Frank's, uh, and um, Archer's as well. But okay. Arch didn't get a, a scratch, and neither did I. Neither did I. And, uh, but uh, everything else around in our area was absolutely peppered with those. Jeez. And uh, it took them, as I say, uh, Good couple of weeks or more to repair repair the job. Yeah, yeah. And um, did you continue flying with another aircraft, or yes, yeah, we yeah. continued flying with another aircraft. Yeah, and actually, when when ours was repaired, that was that was a usual area, a usual plane. I remember the name two five three zero. Yeah, that one. I always remember that. Um, and uh, uh, when when that was repaired, uh, another uh, the uh, he was a thirty-one squadron at that stage. Yep, uh, was flying. We were flying with, and uh, uh, he it was given to uh, Mel. Uh, Greenslade, I think, was the other flight commander of 31 Squadron. Okay. And it didn't come back. Oh, right. He was, they were lost. So uh, he didn't do any more trips after that. And uh, the whole crew were lost then, of course. 31 Squadron were losing quite a few. Well, of course, uh, 31 had the lack of experience would have contributed a little bit to, to mistakes they made perhaps in, in, in attack and so on, I don't know. I guess another thing too is maybe the Japanese had... Oh, well, uh, they had experience then. They, yeah. they knew just what they, they... They knew what was coming with you guys. No, they knew what was coming. Yeah. They, they knew uh, the... Uh, um, oh, thank you. Yeah, the squadron which went in first. The uh, you probably know. Oh, the um, Dauntless. Dauntless. Yep, yep. Yeah, the Dauntless that went in first, and the Jap Japs then got uh, pretty cagey about things. Yeah. And they used to let them go through, because oh. they knew that whatever 
they do, they do the normal thing every time, which was go for the gun positions. Yep. And so that, that would give their positions away. Right, yep. So they kept quiet. And then they opened up after, above the, behind the uh, uh, behind the Dauntlesses yep. when, when the Grumman Avengers came in. And that's what they did every time. And we d- we didn't vary our attack either. Right. Except one one time there we uh, the Dauntlesses uh, the Dauntlesses went down and they didn't have hardly a shot was fired at them this particular day and then the Grumman Avengers came after and it opened up after them and um, uh, this time after the Dauntless had been in uh, we went on to a different target Oh right. And so, so we went. We didn't get fired at either because we were on a different uh, uh, aerodrome. Right. Yeah. They, they were all pretty close. Yeah. The aerodromes, Tabira to Verna Canal. I remember the names of the places that we used to. And so we we got through without much fire at that on that particular day. Okay. After uh, because we went on on a different target. And we don't know, no one tells you, of course, uh, whether that was a, a well-worked-out ploy or, yeah. or whether it was just a fluke. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the, one of the things we were critical of ourselves was we used to not, the, we didn't vary our attack at all. You've came in at the same, from the same height, 14,000 feet or... Yeah. 11,000 feet to flop, flip over them down and and uh, same same attack by, by the Grumman Avengers and the uh, after the uh, others had been through yeah so we we were critical of the fact that we didn't bury it except that we that that occasion we we thought well that's that's wonderful right yeah, I can see what you're saying because they would have had 30 squadron doing that for three months, and then you guys come along, so they're so used to the pattern. That's right, and they, they, they're just lying in wait for you. They had good practice. Yeah. On, on. And and really, that so they were probably they were probably firing better and more accurately and whatnot than mm. than, than they were at 30 squadron. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, 30 um, did cop it early in the piece. And they didn't have the experience that they had had. Yeah. So, uh, all in all, uh, it was just unfortunate. And they lost quite a few aircraft. Were, were there other replacement crews that went on to 30 like you guys did? Or were you the only replacement crew? No, there were about uh, uh, three or four. Uh, 30 had about three replacements I think okay three or four and uh, and did they all come at different different times like you went yes. first and then yeah. another one came that's when right they that's right we, we we were there first yeah you might say the first replacement when perhaps a few couple of weeks later uh, another one came yeah it was replacing because of, um, 
So I guess you could relate to those guys a bit more than the than the old hands that had been there longer. <laughs> yeah, and reunions that did we did go to. Um, I got to know one of the uh, uh, some of the crew on the, in that one um, on the in the replacement and Tony uh, Atkins. Uh, oh, it's in my record there, but yeah. um, he found fa- he found the same uh, that, that we were we were not part of part of the. The elect group, yeah, at all, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, and he, he really used to remark on that, and uh, uh, he used to say, "Oh well, well, you know, we were with with the squadron, we were with the thirty squadron, but we were, were never thirty squadron." No, no. It's a funny thing, isn't it? I mean, I think all military units go through that with the replacements. Whether they're army, whether they're air force, I suppose they might. Yeah. yeah. And yet, other squadrons, like for example, number three squadron with the Hudsons, when they went up to Guadalcanal to start, well, up up to the Pacific to start with, they they'd trained together here for quite some time. Most of them, just before the end, they added more to to the squadron. But they went to the Pacific as one squadron. Uh, but rather than Rather than bring them home as a squadron and replace them with another squadron, what they did is a crew would rotate home and a new crew would come in, mm-hmm. and they had this rotation system of just crews. Yes. So over time, the squadron is you know if you took a snapshot there and then two months later, they're the same squadron but they're all different people if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and it was a, it's a really different way of doing it the way they did it and yeah. and they they changed it after that. I think they must have realised it wasn't working so well. No. So with the with the later Ventura squadrons that went up there, you guys went up as a squadron and came home as a squadron, didn't you? Like, yes. like the fighter guys. Yes. Yeah. Um, with the Hudsons, they didn't do that. It was kind of crazy trying to follow where what what actually happened. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Like almost everybody in that was replacements. <laughs> yeah. Every every week there'd be a new replacement crew. So yeah. What happened? I got to know the uh, our replacement, the other replacement people very well, and uh, uh, he said, uh, Wally Egan. Oh, I've got his book there. Yeah. But uh, Wally's book. And I, I've had to correct it in, in the names of this. Uh, he, he related uh, our, our uh, You'll know what I mean when you, when you see the book. Yeah. But I, I had to pencil in, uh, at his his mistake, because yep. he, he put. Uh, when when we got hit. Uh, Wally's re- reported account of it was to the other re- other replacement oh, person. Right. Okay. And what must have happened on the is that someone said, "Well, who was that? You know, that got hit today?" And uh, uh, replacement. Oh, such and such, and they got the wrong mm-hmm. replacement. Right. Yep. And he he's recorded there as having been hit. And this chap, uh, his friend, the other bloke, used to 
often say to me, well, we, we didn't get hit like you did, you know. Yeah. We, we, we weren't hit at all. Right. You were, but we had the same uh, 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 report of, of uh, damage, as, as uh, Wally said, happened to you. Yeah. Whereas it didn't happen to you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, their records are wrong in that regard. Yeah, this... And of course, uh, the, 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 they'll be official records now. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And the, there are a lot of mistakes in his book. Well, not, not a lot, but... You know, in the back where he's listed all the squadron members' names, yes, yes. there there are definitely mistakes in there. Because what I did with Wally um, is when I made the website, I put all the names up there, and I've gone through, and he he would just have the initials and the last name, and I've gone through, and every one that I can find, I've put their full name, um, their nickname, yeah. Yeah. and uh, what town they were from, and also uh, their date of death and most of them have got a date of death now unfortunately there's only a few that have got well there's there's some that have got gaps that probably are dead but I just don't know that they are dead yeah. and then there's the ones like yourself who are still alive so you haven't got a date of death there but yeah. Um, but yeah over o- over the maybe six seven eight years that I've had that up online I just get so many people uh, finding it and they're like, oh, that's my father, or that's my grandfather, yeah. or, and you know, they hand in the information, and they'll say, you know, what his full name was, or what. It, so it's, it's quite good. It's it's all the stuff that's been added to it. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, uh, uh, while he got them, other uh, information correctly from from the history, but but. Yes, but they've recorded it. But in this particular case, he he recorded quite wrongly for yep. us. Yeah, And uh, and we 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 we'd done. Frank and our crew does isn't even mentioned, but this other replacement crew are mentioned. Right. And they're given the credit, if you like, a credit of of the. Accident. Right, right. And, and and the details are ours. Yes, yeah, yeah. And what I've done in, in my copy of Fred, of Wally's book is a, I penciled in the great one. Right, fair enough. But uh, well, when you when you first got onto the squadron at Gisborne, um, did they still have the wildebeest there? No. So it was just Avengers and Har- did they have Harvards? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So did you guys, or did you fly in the Harvards at all, or was it just the pilots? Just the pilots. Okay. But uh, uh, I, I flew, my first flight was in a Harvard. Okay. And we, Frank took, took me up. He said, well, you better, we'll, we'll go and, uh, and uh, I've recorded that in my memoirs. Right. Which is uh, the fact that the, he... He took us, took me up, and uh, and uh, he did a few uh, maneuvers and and uh, uh, loops and things. Yep. Oh, well, not loops, but uh, uh, and uh, uh, he said uh, in this particular occasion, he said, "Well, he said I, the the wind vibrating a bit." He said, "I, I don't like the look of it," uh, and. Uh, uh, I, I said in my memoirs that I was pleased about that because uh, 
he took me down then, and I would, I, I, I was feeling anything, anything but well. <laughs> I was feeling sick, and one of my, my, uh, my biggest problem, and it proved, didn't prove to be a problem in the end, but, but my, uh, what, what I used to happen. In, in training on the Ansons and, and that in Canada mm -hmm. uh, was my first flight actually. Uh, if anything, I thought it was always strange. I mean, I did the air, the, uh, I did the training in Cap in New Zealand first, of course, and then finally uh, down in Rotorua yeah. for more. Uh, Allied to my uh, uh, course, yeah. and um, all that time, and then I went across in the Lure Line, uh, which was the luxury liner from doing the Hawaii trip, Hawaii, and that, that trip from uh, America at that stage, yeah. and. Um, uh, Uh, then when when, uh, when when I went across Canada uh, there after and, and went into one of their uh, Air Force uh, navigation sc schools, uh, the pilot uh, the the. Pilots in all those cases were, were Mr. So and so, Mr. So and so, and uh, they hadn't any rank. Right. Ever. I think they were all of them Air Force people from England who had to have a retirement ah, period yep. and had to have a, a spell of, and they, they'd been put on this for, for a break. I think. Okay, yep. And, um, uh, Mr. So and so said to me, uh, I was talking to, to him at the navigation school, and, and uh, I was, he said, haven't, haven't you been in an aircraft? And I said, never been in an aircraft. And I'd done training right up to that point. Yeah. Never been in an aircraft. And he said, oh, I'll take you up tomorrow. And, uh, you can be my second navigator. And you can wind all the gear up on the old Anson and and uh, uh, do the job. Yep. And so I did. I thought, gee, here's my chance. Being an aircraft, you know, and I was, I was partway through my well. I'd done a lot of study and stuff at that stage, and yep. I'd never never been an aircraft. And uh, well. I, I wound the old gear up on the first day there, uh, and uh, and uh, the the uh, the old Anson was lurching around a bit, and uh, I didn't feel so good, and I, I I was affected by air sickness ever since. Wow. And uh, um, uh, when when it when he when we got down again to 
that Mr. So-and-so said, uh, well, yeah, how do you go? And he, he, I was pretty white, apparently. And um, he said, uh, I'd had to have a, a paper bag and so on. And uh, I said, well, well, it didn't go, didn't go very well. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, he, he said, you'll get used to it. That's all he said. Yeah. And uh, I did, I did get more and more used to it, but boy, I never got clear, completely clear of it. Okay. And I'm one uh, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, funny thing, uh, when uh, Frank took me up on that, doing that in the Harvard and so on, I was a felt crook. Yeah. And uh, uh, what he what he told me afterwards uh, is that he he used to get air sick. Okay. And he started off and uh, uh, in, as a pilot, and uh, um, I, I I thought well he'd pick the right job because pilots never get sick, you know. Yeah. And and uh, but Frank apparently was acceptable to to air sickness and uh, he did get sick and uh, but he he did a pilot's job so he was never sick right as far as I was concerned right. he was right yeah but he, he later he told me that I, he said oh I, I, I said yeah, well you never admitted it to me and I never admit, uh, I, I never admitted it to him of course because <laughs> In the Grand Avenger, uh, I would feel I'd have off times when we were, uh, we, we were the roughest I've ever stuck was over Wellington, I think. Right. Yep. And and uh, you know, but I I wasn't I wasn't sick. Uh, I got over. I managed to be about, uh, uh, ahead of the sickness problem then, and. Uh, I, d I didn't get sick, generally speaking, right. on the Avenger. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when it got really rough, I, I could have got sick, and um, I was busy all the time, of course. Yeah. Uh, so when I when I approached the uh, Canadian uh, MO, I, I went to the um, MO and said, "Look, uh, I've got to get. Can we give me?" Give me something for air sickness, and he finally said, "Well, he said I can't give you any. You're working all the time." He said, "I can't give you any. Uh, you you can't have uh, things that will make you complacent about that. Right. You you just your job depends on it." Yeah. So uh, he said, uh, "He said, what what? All I can advise is that." Put your head back for a moment if you can, and and get the spirit levels uh, uh, level again, so that that you, you don't have that sick feeling. Right. And uh, but he said, I know you haven't got much time to do that, and I said no. <laughs> and uh, but uh, he he f first asked me. He said, Is your uh, how's your work? How's your work progress? And. Uh, uh, are they complaining about your work? And I said, no, no, no. I said, uh, he said, well, they won't do because uh, 
they, they don't care if you get sick or not, really, yeah. from your personal, from your own viewpoint. And uh, you don't want to to lose uh, your profession, your navigation profession. You want to carry on with it, don't you? Yeah, I said, yeah, you bet. And so uh, I did improve, as I said. Yeah. But I've I've always been susceptible. Okay. And uh, I've been surprised that Frank, not initially, but, but he didn't he didn't ever have a problem because he was the driver. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the driver never gets sick. But, no. But in a car, I used to get sick. Oh right. Okay. And. Uh, but I, I was surprised, really, that they never checked you for that. That is surprising. Before they send you all the way to Canada. That's right. Yeah. I jumped all the way to Canada and yeah. I was partway through the course. And I, I've actually heard of someone else that was uh, sent to Canada and, and had their first flight there, got sick, and they sent them home. So yeah. you were probably lucky. You're probably lucky to have a, a person who didn't send you home, you know. Yes, I probably was lucky. Cool. I, I went to the MO, as I said, and... And he couldn't give me anything. He said, "Yeah, no." He said, "You, you'll improve. You, you'll get better." Yeah. And I did get better, and because on the uh, when I went across on the Lur line across to Canada, uh, I got on on Wellington, and uh, uh, we just got outside the heads, Wellington heads, and I got sick. I started to get seasick. Yeah. And uh, I, I, uh, I made it for the uh, for the meal place. And I couldn't couldn't have a meal because I was feeling so sick. Yeah. And uh, I was we were in a in a small cabin, uh, which usually took two people, and they had six of us in there. Yeah. They they'd partly uh, converted a, to a troop ship. Um, and uh, uh, but they hadn't completely done it. It was quite, it's all quite good because there was only six of us in okay. in the in the two berth cabin. And uh, um, but you know that uh, the trip took well just over two weeks, I think. And I never never had a meal. Is that so right? I, I got I got there. I, Several times I got up off the bunk, which I was occupying, and I went to the mess door, had to rush away again. I couldn't, couldn't ever hear. And, and uh, so when I, when we got to San Diego, which is uh, where the Lurline first uh, birth, um, I'd, I'd had no real meal for to over that entire trip, which was two weeks. That's incredible. And and so I was a bit weak. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and and um, uh, then of course I was all right because it was train trip there from then on and that sort of thing back yep. across Canada. Yeah. And I, I was fine, but I gradually. Improved, but no, it knocked, it knocked me a bit. Yeah, but I, it was still a part of my experience. <laughs> when uh, you were saying before about you had, your crew had your own aircraft, 
um, 2530. Did it have any nose art on it or any nicknames written on it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't like uh, what's his name had a uh, Fred Ladd had his Fred Ladd a plonky as well. Yeah, yeah. Because there were quite a few in the squadron that had artworks, didn't they? That there was oh yes, yeah, quite a few at that stage. But you guys didn't put one on. No, we didn't have one on our one two five three zero that I remember. Yeah. I don't remember that. But uh, uh, Fred Laird did, and of course uh, Fred Laird was one of the, one of the highlights of the the, the crew of the squadron. Uh, his, his manner and everything else. Yeah, he was just uh, so. Terrific! He was the oldest in the squadron. He he was lucky. He always considered himself lucky to have got got in. Okay. Trying at all because he was he, he was a bit too old for, for uh, uh, to be a pilot. Okay. But no, he he made it right through. He's another one who had struggled with his, his profession, I suppose. Yeah. And and. Um, uh, he was a great bloke there, but uh, he was great in the squadron and that, you know, carefree and so on. And I've got a, quite a few uh, sayings of his and so on. And in actual fact, uh, my daughter uh, flew, uh, went once with him um, when he was taking flights, as he used to do aerial flights for, uh, in the a piece of time yeah. afterwards, yeah, down in the. Uh, Here's a Rotorua from Rotorua, yeah, yep. and uh, she she always remembers he, him. Uh, he used to see uh, how Frey and we were away. Yep. Everything was rhymed and so on. Yeah, and he was full of laughter and and fun, and they always remember uh, she and. Uh, my son always remember him, you know, and uh, uh, for that they, they both flew. flew um, I got them on both times, and uh, went in, in Rotorua. And uh, I bet his crew had fun with him. Yes, they must have enjoyed flying with him. Yes, that's right. Yeah. They must have, yeah. and. Uh, because his plane uh, was taken over and eventually ended up in Australia when they flew it out. They flew it, flew it over to Aussie. I've got the, I've got miles of uh, books up there, magazines of uh, Oh, you mean the the one that was flying here as a warbird? Yes. With his markings on, because that's not the same plane, of course. His one got shot down. That's right, yeah. it did, yes. Well, that, that's back now, though, in New Zealand. Is uh, it back in New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, Brendan Deere owns that now, and he's got it at a Hakia. Um, wow. So, yeah, he, he owns a Spitfire as well. Yeah. And it's back in Plonky's markings. It's, it's the same. Is it? Yep. Oh, good. Yeah, good. it's brilliant. Didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, tell me, when you were... 
when you were going off on um, a strike, an operation, uh, as a squadron, um, or as a flight or whatever, and there's a group of you, and you'd fly in formation, would there, in terms of navigation, would there just be a lead navigator and everybody follows? That's right. And so you guys who weren't the lead navigator, what were you doing? Were you just manning the guns or... You weren't navigating along the way, or did you have to do navigation Actually, checks? Yeah, well, we had to keep. We had to know where the aircraft was. Yeah. So we had to virtually do a, our navigation just briefly, if you like. Yeah. As almost as a pilot did. Um, right. Uh, just to keep tabs on. In, in, case, in case the leader's off course, or yeah, if you, you lose had to the leader. leader formation for any reason, yeah. Like uh, once our prop governor um, uh, gave uh, gave out, and and uh, it seemed as though we were going to come down in the sea. Okay. Uh, but um, it kept going, and we got us to his Green Islands instead. Uh, after we'd been to, after we'd done our attack, actually. It was, and uh, 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 then it played up, and and uh, in a case like that, we were on our own. But uh, it was only a case of there wasn't any, there wasn't any real na navigation as such yeah. until I went on the uh, ventures. Oh, okay. Right. Then it was navigation all the time, all the time, of course. Okay. Yep. It was re real, uh, real navigation then. So, um, explain the difference then between the uh, the type of navigation that you were doing and the two types. Yeah. Well, it would be. On uh, on Grand Avengers, you were more or less map reading more than anything else yeah. um, and uh, of course we used to occasionally help, uh, fly some kitty hawks or something over and Grumman Avengers would be used uh, occasionally for that. To lead them? Yeah, yeah. but not very often. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, no, the, our navigation then was uh, was full on, <laughs> and uh, as I wrote in my memoirs, uh, we when we were using our section and so on, you know, and and working out sights on stars and and all that sort of thing, we we had the a mammoth uh, task, uh, really, on the Venturas doing that. But we've often wondered, you know, uh, we've often thought of navigation in those terms and not realising that now you, you just press a button and you get the, yeah, yeah. Right on, dot on, right exact on the position, dot. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we wouldn't have believed that at that stage. No, it just didn't. It didn't. So all, all our expertise 
I'm taking sights and working them out and getting in most probable position and all sorts of things yeah. at night and all sorts of things. Uh, that it would be all to no avail now. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, we couldn't believe that uh, things had changed so would change so much. It's quite amazing too because the navigation you were doing with the the stars was the same thing that they'd been doing for hundreds of years in the ships, wasn't it? That's really? right. That's yeah. right. And then all of a sudden the technology's just completely wiped out. Yes, it's just gone. <laughs> yeah. And, and then now uh, the chap, you know, uh, my son-in-law, someone will switch on the GPS and and, and uh, be taken right to the spot and yep. that and. We wouldn't have believed it then. No. We found it hard to believe. You couldn't even conceive something like that, could no, you? No, we didn't conceive it, no. Yeah. The, the others had been, we'd been just carrying on there, you know, the methods that, that had worked in the for sailing ships and, yeah. and, and all that sort of thing. So did you do much night flying in the Venturas? Well, uh, we, did, we I didn't personally do very much in the way of uh, here. Uh, um, one job, for example, I, I uh, did was find a um, find a lost ship, you know, uh, uh, patrols and that, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I had to uh, navigate with for that and uh, use other methods. Uh, was this in the Pacific? Yeah. Okay. I got pictures of the of the vessel we found and uh, uh, by uh, that wasn't so much uh, mo most of my navigation of the of, of, of Intricate nature was was uh, on exercises. Yes, um, but you you had to have reasonable navigation uh, if you're doing patrols and. Uh, but again, you were attacking things, and so on. They were normally, uh, for example, the. Uh, the uh, Avenger ones, you had about a three-hour trip yep. for for that. That they weren't long compared with what you should be doing yeah. in a, a lot, particularly long navigation trip. But I, I wrote up my uh, methods and so on in. In the, in the night navigation, which we did, one for example, we took off for for Nopai, uh, and went down to Egmont, and uh, then back to Three Kings, and and then back to Fenopai. Right. Which, that's about the longest one sort of um, I generally did. Yeah. But. Uh, 
the uh, main thing on that was that it, it was uh, nine ninth, nine, nine ten, nine, ten, ten, ten cloud okay. all, all the way, and we were a, a cloud backing all the way. And so it was uh, the, using the, the moon, which was full, yeah. and, and uh, the, that sort of thing, and so it was night navigation. So you're navigating by the stars above you, but you can't really see what's below you. No. Wow. And it was a great sensation, though. I mean, I was up there, and we, we broke uh, cloud, I suppose. We were in cloud uh, when we took off. We... Uh, uh, got up to to about ten thousand feet, I think it was, mm -hmm. and uh, we broke through the cloud. Yeah. And hit, from then on, it was just a sea of clouds. Okay. And you, you couldn't even use use uh, 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 you couldn't you, you, there were no towns showing lights or things okay. like that. There's nothing to to. Uh, and you didn't use, you didn't, in those days you didn't depend too much on radio because you could get radio stations but they, they were very uh, wrong yeah. often, yeah. difficult, uh, difficult to get good radio uh, things because yeah. they were so incorrect. Yeah, because uh, the signal would be bent or something in yeah. wrong direction. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was quite a, that was training on adventurers. Yeah. And uh, um, you were on six different squadrons, um, four, four of the Ventura squadrons and two Avenger squadrons. Did you have a favorite squadron? Was there one that was the happiest time for you or best time or best group of people? Well, I suppose, I suppose that my first, well, I suppose my time on, I enjoyed my navigation work and the, my involvement on, um, on the latter squadrons, but uh, I probably enjoyed it more in the uh, I think I enjoyed enjoyed it more uh, with the Frank and Arch right. in the Avenger squadrons right. uh, because we we did we did more certainly more varied things on the uh, um, Avenger squadron right, right. and um, we were we were really uh, close to the action and, and also close to um, close to events in, when we were doing the Avenger, uh, Avenger work um, I mean uh, the uh, 
probably. I don't know how to put it now. I need you know, I feel silly. I can't put things in words. Oh, like, that's, that's fine. Like I can, like I was able to. Yeah, yeah. I was able to say what I experienced and things like that. Yeah. And um, now I'm, I'm not with it. No. Ah, oh, that's that's right. But when you're on the Ventura squadrons, you said t- number two squadron. Eight, nine. What was the other one? Two, Two four, eight, and nine. On each of those, um, were you with the same crew all the way through, or did you change crews? Or uh, well, number four squadron was the last one I was with, which meant uh, I ended up uh, with uh, as a replacement because I'd uh, had to come back to have a uh, an operation. Oh, yeah. In and uh, that 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 had put me out of my squadron at that stage, and uh, I had I ca- had to come back in as a replacement. Okay. So I was uh, at the pool, uh, at uh, Hobsonville, and and I got uh, sent at the last there to uh, Las Negros, right on the equator. Oh right. Uh, and at that stage, uh, war was coming to an end. If I didn't, we didn't know it when I went went on that. Of course, uh, we didn't know that when I when I was sent there. But but uh, I was sent as a replacement, and uh, then I uh, I flew with the as uh, as. As navigator to the commanding officer, quite a bit, and and other other people who didn't have, for one reason or not, didn't were missing a navigator. I tend to be filling in for a while, and then I, towards the end, I got onto my own pilot, and uh, and was a bit bit more stable then, and. um, at that sta- at the end of that, of course, uh, we went for no pie, and uh, we um, we had to take our uh, venture down to Rukia and park it with all the others uh, uh, down there. And right. The pilot at that stage, I was up with the pilot. I remember, and. Um, uh, he he he'd taken off from from Nupai and and he pointed out to me. He said, "Look, look at the airspeed indicator," and she was, you know, doing barely over what she about around around about I don't know around, around about 120 knots or something rather. Right. And uh, and he couldn't get it any. I can't get it any faster, you know. And and. Uh, and uh, then it suddenly dawned on him he'd, he'd taken off with four flaps <laughs> and and uh, uh, as he as he put the throttle forward you could feel the aircraft shooting ahead you know but he couldn't get any good couldn't and he'd taken off in, a, in <laughs> actually 
Um, he was a flight sergeant actually, uh, and uh, uh, it it it's made a jolly good job of it. But it, it, again, it was a risky one for Aventurers, because yeah. he was he shouldn't do that. He only do that on a, on a restricted airfield. That, yeah, that you do that. Otherwise, you 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 don't take off with with full flaps and right, that sort of problem. Right. And and he could have created my last flight if exactly he, if and if had known. So it, I had dicey, a bit dicey times, as a few times. Wow. Yeah. But uh, and then we dropped it down at the rookie here, of course, and said to Ray to it and yep. came back and, and then uh, I said uh, so uh, the, the next they they sent me off to uh, uh, yeah it was like that anyway I had to determine what I was to do then, uh, and I thought, well, I was a, I cut it as an 18, 16 year old or something uh, in the Air Force, and the only thing I knew was navigation. Right. So what, what do I do from there on? So. Uh, uh, it was mulling this around all the time. Um, uh, I, I was, I'd been a, uh, 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 proved for, as a um, full-time uh, navigator and, and that would be my job. Yep. And, um, uh, then we were waiting around for mosquitoes, uh, mos mosquitoes to arrive, and uh, uh, looking forward to that because yes. they were they were lovely aircraft and everything. Looking forward to it, and uh, then I got thinking, and well, with with my uh, Air sickness didn't worry me anymore. Okay. Really, I, at that stage, I yep. was okay there. So I, I, I didn't mind staying in the air force. Uh, but uh, I thought, well, I had the, this problem that that had had me hospitalised, and uh, uh, that could flare up again, and uh, that that would ground me. Yeah. And and I thought, well, it's a dicey sort of job. You know, I could could start off with it, and then they're probably having uh, a commission that they put put me in a, a job somewhere. But goodness knows what. Yeah. Uh, if I couldn't fly. Yeah. And um, so I finally weighed up the pros and cons, and and. Uh, Finally decided no. I think I think it'd be safer to to 
get a civilian job and, right. and do architecture, which was uh, I had a yearning, yearning for architecture. I'd never done any, but uh, I, I perhaps could learn it. Yep, yep. And so. Uh, Here's, here's a grommet of engine. Oh yes, fantastic. And in in it, he's put all the uh, uh, gear for spraying the Japanese gardens. Yes, yep. In the in the belly of where it was, and it was operated by the pilot, of course. Yep. And uh, uh, the pilot dropped the bombs too, didn't he? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. There was no bomb aiming for you? No, time. no bomb aiming for me. There was on the Ventura, I had to set the bombs. Okay. And and uh, I was involved with the there, but I didn't release them either. The right. pilot did that. Okay. Um, so did the pilot have a bomb sight that he would look through or? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how they get <laughs> Of uh, course, with dive bombing, as as we always did with the Avenger, yep. uh, you aimed the aircraft, so so you didn't. I, I, I don't think he had a bomb sight there, but okay, yep. But uh, he probably used certain things to to line up the aircraft. Yeah, I guess. And I guess, yeah. So on. Um, so I think um, with the Venturas, you did a lot of formation bombing, didn't you? So you would drop when the leader dropped? Yes, yeah. that's right, yeah. yeah. The, so you got my little door in to my compartment there. Oh yes, yep. Is there. Yep. And, and that just inside that is the... Uh, where I used to sit. The, I had a plotting table there. Yep. And... Uh, uh, that's about all, and uh, a radar, and uh, I operated the radar. Okay, yep. on, the, on the Avenger. And uh, did did all the Avengers have a radar? Or yes. A, okay, yep. Yeah. Where did you learn to use the radar? Did you learn that at Gisborne? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and uh, uh, I used to, used to home home in on the radar for. Uh, Frank, uh, of course, uh, he 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 virtually didn't use the radar. He I had all the controls down there. Okay. Where in there? Yep. And um, uh, I had was able to tell him uh, by moving these the aerials. The aerials were under the. Uh, were on the wing, yep. under the wing there, yeah, and those uh, wellies put those all right as they were. Uh, would they rotate round and and, yes. and give you the picture? You, you yeah. actually had a, I had the control that you you had a levers that enabled you to turn them around yep. whatever direction you want, and then then you could home in on. Whatever so, 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 so we wanted. Okay, all right. And um, uh, the uh, so uh, 
the, we, we had a strict instructions uh, that if there was any chance of a, any of a aircraft falling into enemy hands or whatever, yeah. uh, we were to blow it, blow up the radar. Ah, okay. Yep. Yeah, we had, you had to get rid of it because it was still pretty secret as far as uh, the Japs were concerned, and, right. and uh, they didn't want any, want to lose any of that secrecy. Yeah. So uh, uh, I had a button there you could put press and blow it, blow it up. Um, but uh, interesting. Anyway, uh, what what I've done here uh, is. I, I've done my own memoirs. Yes. Yep. Uh, it includes the these squadrons like here. I've got. Yep. Yep. And um, what the aircraft they were, and uh, this is actually our aircraft off Gisborne. Oh, okay. And that's Frank at the controls. Right. So we. We happened to get a photo of that. Brilliant. From another mining. Um, so this starts off with with when I uh, when I was eighteen, uh, well, almost eighteen, really. Okay. And uh, uh, gives a little bit of, of an introduction and into the air force, etc. Yep. Training basic. Uh, so I think the really what if if it's okay by you, uh, well, I'd like you to get some sense into in, instead of what I, I'm able to gabble off <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would have loved to have talked to you through this the these, but. Uh, I really can't at the no, moment. No. I, I just have lost that ability. Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of things I'd like to, like you to know and 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 so on. It will all be written in here. They'll be in the book. Yeah. It'll be written in the book. Actually, what's happened is that I've, as part of my memoirs, yeah. I've pinched Frank's. Ah, right. Which. Uh, is why I've got his here yep. in, as a second, second, because, and that's only the Avenger part. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's my uh, Avenger tour and uh, the tour and that I did with Frank. Yep, um, is all in Frank's book. Okay, and and uh, I pinched. It, uh, I said to him, well, uh, uh, in fact, I, I wrote a few of the portions of his oh. course and said, and then and I said to him that, uh, that I hadn't got mine done then. Yep. And I said, uh, you, uh, could I, could I use use yours which I'd contributed to. Yeah, yeah. And and he said, Oh by all means and so what I've done for mine is actually I pinched his his which is written by him. Yeah. Uh, 
my, I still figure here and there where she given me that I told him things as he put it in and yep. he yep. put it in my name. Okay. And so on. And so you'll see that, that it's all relates to it. Right. But it's only the one tour. It really only covers. Uh, it is early. It's from the start of my um, being posted to uh, to the Avengers yep. and uh, getting on Frank's crew. Yep. That 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 I pinched his right. for this one. Gotcha. Yep. And um, uh, so. But that'll be the same as what's in Frank's book, except has it's got the that's course exactly stuff as well. the, yep. exactly what's in Frank's book. Yep. Right. Yeah. Well, I've got that at home, so. So uh, I know that book. Yeah. yeah. And that's us here, you see. That's oh, right. That's Frank. Yep. And there's Arch there. He was the tallest of us. Yep. We, are, we were three shorties, really. <laughs> oh, well, we were two shorties. Yep. And he, that's me there. Okay. And uh, and we, this this one actually got printed on in the weekly news. There was a all oh, right. Uh, so that that did a was fairly widespread. That one. Yep. Yep. And uh, it was uh, just one one of those. You know, the, the sections of weekly news had had a, a, a pictorial yes. section. Yep. And that in one of those, I think I've got the original somewhere. All oh, right. So which one's you in the photo there? That one in the centre. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So. so uh, it, although it put put it out of sequ sequence as far as the uh, the, the uh, timing is concerned, uh, I would have liked to, the memoirs to have been, you know, uh, time-wise, uh, one finishing the other and getting on to the next right thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it doesn't work that way okay. because. Because I've introduced Frank's right, gotcha, and um, so with Thirty One Squadron was the CEO um, Mickey Wilkes, was it? Yes. What was he like as a boss? Oh, he was he was quite good. Uh, because he was a pre-war. Uh, Air Force guy, wasn't he? He'd been in for yes. ages. He'd been. A, he was older. Yes. Um, was he very strict, or was he quite relaxed by that stage? I suppose we used to think of him as strict. But, yeah. But uh, no, he was. Now, who were your COs in the Ventura squadrons? Who, who do you remember with two squadron and, and that? Uh, the ones I. <laughs> Well, they'll come up in here, won't they? They'll come up in, in these things, yeah. yeah in, in some of those places, they were. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, did you have any particularly bad operations? Any scary operations, or ones where everything went wrong uh, with the Venturas, or did you have a reasonably good time of things? 
No, I don't recall any real disasters. In right. There. Yeah. What was Los Negros like? I've heard that was a bit of a hellhole. Very hot. Oh, well, it was right on the equator, so it, yeah. was, uh, it was a step up from uh, uh, from Bergenville. Yep. Another, another flight to get you to Los Negros. And uh, it was... It was. I I got there really just a bit before uh, the the uh, the atom bombs were dropped. Oh, of course, yep, yep. And uh, so I, it had floating docks uh, and it was quite a big sea uh, sea presence there. Uh, Did, was that the place, um, they, that's, that's not where Manus Island is, is that, there was another place. Yeah, yeah, no that's Manus. That is Manus, okay. So yes. they, they had, a, they had a, a place for repairing the aircraft carriers, didn't they? They had floating docks yeah. there and uh, uh, when, when we were there uh, the Japs came in and, and Put a couple of torpedoes, I think they were, in from one of their float planes. Wow! Uh, into the floating docks. Is that right? And got away under the radar without getting. They got the second, second of the two aircraft, I think. Uh, wow! And, and they they sh they shot them down. Okay. But uh, the the I think the first one got away, and. Um, they got it, uh, but they, they they did some damage to the floating docks. I had never heard that, believe it or not. They they came came in on under the radar. Yeah. And we I think we were occupying uh, 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 the area then, so there was a dare, daring raid. Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, and they did a bit of damage, all right. Yeah. Wow. I can remember <laughs> in my memo to uh, the all our flares and, and equipment like flares. It was a big stockpile of them yep. there, and I think what used to happen is the. Uh, the airmen f found that they could get at them uh, and, and they used to go and, and pinch, pinch some, some of the flares and stuff from, from there for various reasons. Yep. Uh, some had parachutes, etc. Right. And, um, and uh, they used to... Uh, and I think what happened really finally is that Someone must have pulled the pulled the uh, the release pa pa parachute too too much when he was when he snuck into the area yep. and and set the whole area going. Oh no! And it was a, a, a proper 
Probably guarded, but still, still they used to find their ways of him and found their ways of getting into them and so on. Yeah. And, uh, uh, wow. And, and, uh, and there were, were amongst the equipment there was some what what were considered va valuables at, in, in wartime. Yep. Like parachutes and stuff. Yep. And and uh, I think someone pulled one too too much at the. When they when they were trying to take it away and so on. Yeah, it ended up and, and ended up popping it, sending the whole shooting box. Oh no! <laughs> so yeah, those things used to happen. Yeah, <laughs> blimey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Harold. It's been really, really interesting to sit down and have a chat with you. Yeah, well, actually, what uh, well, I've been able to. Uh, tell you today is, wouldn't, wouldn't be worth much but but I think some of the stories as I've, I've managed to get it into my history there yep. Yep. Will, will, will mean something. Yes. Um, well I mean I, I think you're being modest because I've learned a lot and there's some, definitely some good stories you've told today so uh, no, thank you very much I appreciate it. That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.